Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is the 31st of January on a Sunday, and the month is over. The first month of the new year is over, if you can believe it. So it, um, it's it been very interesting. This whole weekend has been very interesting. Last week was interesting, and I have to say that since Mercury went retrograde yesterday morning, it's been an interesting time. Um, so onward, um, one of the things that's going to happen tomorrow morning is that Venus will go, will go into Aquarius, not retrograde, into Aquarius. And that means there will be one, two, three, four, five planets in Aquarius. That's a stellium. That means that there is a collection of energy in Aquarius. So now we'll have Jupiter and Saturn, which are going to remain there for all year. Jupiter is going to pop out to Pisces for a bit, but it'll be in Aquarius generally through the whole year. Uh, Jupiter and Saturn, um, the sun is there right now because it's that time of year. Mercury, which just went retrograde, is going to stay there until mid-March, and Venus goes in tomorrow. So that's Jupiter, Saturn, Sun, Mercury, Venus, five planets in Aquarius. And on the 11th, when we have a new moon, um, which is mid-next week, which is the 11th, obviously, and it's 12 days away, um, when we have that new moon, the moon will be in Aquarius, and there will be six planets in Aquarius. Phenomenal energy. So... Um, when Mercury goes retrograde in Aquarius, we start to look at things differently because Aquarius thinks outside the box, Mercury retrograde thinks outside of the box, Mercury in Aquarius retrograde really thinks outside the box, and we start to look at things in an analytical manner because Aquarius is highly analytical. We look at things in an innovative way, we change our perceptions, we change our thinking, um, it's important uh, to start looking and reviewing at the ways you might be using your mental energy right now because you want to shift and change and be innovative about the, your thoughts. So if new ideas are presented to you, Aquarius is a bit of a stubborn sign, but if new ideas are presented to you, it is a good time to embrace them and to look at something from a different viewpoint or turn it upside down. Um, look at it in a variety of ways. This is a good use of the Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. Um, <clears throat> it's not a simple sign. Aquarius is complicated and, and uh, many layered. And one of the things that's so um, interesting about Aquarius is it is very um, humanitarian oriented, but but also very much of an aloof uh, energy. And so while it, it responds to the altruistic and humanitarian causes of the world, it is a very profoundly aloof, distant, um, intellectual sort. So, you know, Aquarians love their independence. They like their time to think. They have to have their time. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to discuss was the workings of the mind because I've had a number of things come up and questions this week about the mind, about the layers of the mind, how the mind works. And I 
owe that, I believe, to the Mercury stationing retrograde and eventually going retrograde and discussing the different layers of the mind. And when yesterday, when I taught my class, I taught everyone about how, you know, the three outer planets do operate on a collective unconscious level. And what we are dealing with when planets in our astrological chart, when, and if you don't have your chart, if you have not had your chart read, you might want to look into it because this is very important. Outer planets speak of collective energies, but they are speaking to your um, personal planets in your chart. If they are speaking to your personal planets, for example, you have like a number of people in my class had sun conjunct Uranus. And that is a personal inner planet, the sun talking to an outer planet, Uranus. And for one thing, it makes them interested in astrology, but it does a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, rather than get into all of it, let me just tell you that those planets, those three outer planets, if they are speaking to inner planets in your chart, then you bring in the cycles of the collective unconscious, the connection to the collective unconscious, the... Um, <clears throat> The, the sort of the collective sweeping changes affect you. Now, we were talking to people, you know, who have Neptune in the first house. Neptune in the first house is, <laughs> you are just going to be like swept in with the current, the tide, you know. So this is, this is an important thing to be aware of. Now, when I talk about the layers of the mind, I tend to lean towards Jungian theories, which are the theories of Carl Gustav Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist who was um, alive and well and practicing in the 20th century, and he died in 1961. But he was um, clearly one of the influences of modern psychology. And, you know, psychoanalysis became more available when Pluto, the planet, was discovered by astronomers. And, you know, Pluto goes to the depths of the unconscious and forces us in to look at something very deep and profound in our lives and transform it by shining a light there. Now, <clears throat> why I prefer Jung, it, Jung worked with astrology. Carl Jung worked, then that's spelled J-U-N-G if you don't know. Carl Jung worked with astrology. He liked astrology. He was um, interested and uh, used it regularly in his practice. And he believed it could really provide symbolic insight into the workings of the human psyche. And he thought that the psychic archetypes really spoke through astrology, and they do. And we use archetypes in astrology and mythology in astrology all the time. And the planets are named after the various uh, mythological gods and goddesses. So Jung had several layers of the mind. So there's the ego or the conscious mind, uh, the center of the field of consciousness. Um, this is where we are conscious. This is where we're going every day. This is where the grocery lists come from, walking the dog, going to work. 
on the computer, answering emails, everything. This is, this is the conscious mind. <laughs> and when we're in that space, space of the conscious mind, we're not going deep into to the uh, unconscious. We're like maintaining our day. And then we have the subconscious, which is, you know, all the things that your body does without you thinking of it. So, you know, and actually Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about the body as the subconscious mind because the subconscious is, you know, your brain is running, your heart is beating, you're breathing, you're, you're walking, you're doing things on, on this subconscious level that happen as a result of being in your body, you know, it's, it's the urge to, you know, get up and walk across the room. Like these things are just, uh, they're, they're subconscious. Like the, the fact that your heart is beating, you're not thinking about your heart beating. You don't have to make sure your heart is beating. You don't have to focus on your heart beating or breathing. This is subconscious. And then of course there's the personal unconscious, which sort of is between uh, the collective unconscious and it's our interaction. So Jung described it as it, it arises from the interaction between the collective unconscious and our one's personal growth. And what happens when you are shoving things aside, like you have a trauma, those things, the painful stuff, goes into your personal unconscious. And when we are noting things and taking in things, like especially as children, we're developing as, as people, you know, the first five years of development I learned in my training was when, you know, when the traumas happen during those first five years, those are the things that stick with you. And we can tell that, I can tell that from the astrological chart. Most of us can tell that from the astrological chart, what happens in early life in those first five years. And that's when the unconscious starts to get, you know, all the stuff in it, the, the development of the pain, the trauma, the, the stuff that we carry around with us and we don't necessarily work out unless they, we make them conscious. And then there is the collective unconscious, which I describe as a big soup, a big stew that belongs to each and every person on this planet. And each of us has a piece of the collective unconscious, but it's collective, unco it's unconscious. It's, it's not something that we are dealing with, um, it regularly. So things that happen in the collective are unconscious are like pandemics <laughs> and, you know, wars and stuff that happens that we participate in that we are not aware we are participating in, but it, it is essential. And I don't know how much control we have over it as an individual, because I believe that it's, it's a collective, it's the entire world, it's every human being, and you are not exempt from that. You know, your consciousness gets thrown in there. And this is why people get affected by things like pandemics, not just physically, but emotionally. Like if you're reading the paper, you are getting a dose of the collective unconscious. This is stuff that's happening in the collective. Now there are collectives in families. There are collectives in your book group. There are collectives in your astrology group. There are collectives in your town, your city, your country. And then there's the 
the consciousness at large, you know. And when the collective unconscious gets hit with something huge, like a pandemic, um, people react to it. And what starts, the, it then finds its way into their own conscious, unconscious, right? So then people start behaving irrationally. So one of my things that my teacher taught us through the work of Dr. Robert Langs, the psychiatrist he had studied with, and he taught us his work is that we all have a certain level of death anxiety. Now, if in the collective unconscious, there is something looming like a war that is frightening, like a pandemic that can be frightening and you're personal unconscious is feeding into that and getting information. So I, I sort of think of it as this two-way street that you're getting stuff and you're giving stuff. And so inevitably we're going to hear about it, you know, um, we're on earth, we're here, it's, it's worldwide. And something like that is inevitable that we're going to hear about it. So that is going to feed into our personal unconscious. And this is what I mean when you get a outer planet, an outer planet is talking to one of your inner planets because collective unconscious is now finding its way into your own personal unconscious, also governed by the outer planets in your own personal chart, because you are having an experience that you live with every day um, in your own personal astrological chart those outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, are bringing you, you know, the collective unconscious is brought to you by the, the outer planets, and they are feeding into your own personal unconscious and connecting with your experience of Venus, love, Mercury, mind, sun, self, Mars, confidence, assertion, moon, emotions, and each and every part of us gets affected by this. Now, you can't avoid hearing about a pandemic. You can't avoid hearing about a world war. A uh, hundred years ago, there was a world war and a pandemic, you know, so that's horrifying. And so people were affected by, like, you know, even though we didn't have internet back then, people still were affected. Clearly, everybody knew there was a war going on. There, was, there were newspapers. And, you know, uh, this is something that is um, a profound uh, revelation in some ways because, you know, when you get to things like a year ago, we had Saturn conjunct Pluto, okay? That is a collective experience. And we knew, astrologers knew, that there was going to be something that happened. We didn't quite know what was going to happen, but we knew that there was a possibility of something huge collectively happening, okay? When planets get together, uh, Uranus and Pluto, you know, Jupiter and Pluto, when something touches a collective planet, and Jupiter stayed with it three times last year, that's a collective experience. When we had Uranus and Pluto conjunct in the 60s, that is, was a serious cultural shift and a major collective experience Everyone everywhere experienced that. It was a wild time, okay? And it was not something that people could consciously control. You know, there were people who wanted to control it. Some people didn't feel their lives change at all. And right now, there are some people who, you know, yeah, they, their lives are changing, but sometimes they don't. Some people, I don't see their lives changing very much. Um, 
But everybody's being affected on, on this on some level because the collective unconscious does filter into our personal unconscious. And how we handle that and how we react to that depends on who we are, what work we've done on ourselves, and what is the uh, nature of the collective in our own personal astrological chart, which is, you know, relative to Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Now, when there is, um, you know, collective stuff going on that's so deep and profound and lasting. I mean, there's always something going on. There's always a war somewhere. There's always like an election somewhere. There's always uprising somewhere. There's always something. But this is global and this is huge. So, you know, various countries experience various levels of this. Um, we have a guy here who lives, who's from Australia. He lives here with us, but he says, you know, the numbers in Costa Rica are nothing compared to like the United States of coronavirus. You know, the numbers of coronavirus in, you know, here are really very, very slim and few. He's telling us that Australia, like when he hears the numbers in Costa Rica, they're horrible compared to what's in Australia because he's saying like, at least where he's from or what he's listening to, Australia is not affected in the same way. So, you know, these, this, Australia has its own collective. Costa Rica has its own collective. Countries have collective unconscious. Okay. And this is necessary for us, I think, for everyone to understand because, you know, the collective also governs other stuff like normal things like fashion trends and, you know, car trends. And remember, you know, when you, you can look at a, an automobile from the 1950s and it is obvious it is from the 1950s. You could look at fashion from the 1950s and obviously know that it is fashion from the 1950s. This is, oh, that's a 50s style, you know. And then you move into the 60s and you see something completely different. Why? Because there was a huge cultural shift thanks to Uranus and Pluto which were together in the same place at the same time in the sign of Virgo, which is a very regular establishment-oriented sign of the Zodiac. And when Uranus and Pluto, collective planets, come together in the same place at the same time, which they do every you know several hundred years, um, when they come into the same place at the same time, they're going to explode something like the, um, you know, the mass response to the establishment, which it was like people walking around with signs down with the establishment (laughs) during that time. They wanted to blow up the establishment. And this was the energy of Uranus and Pluto. People born in the 60s are carrying, and I mean like 1963 to 1968 particularly, are carrying the energy of that collective spirit of revolution, okay? So we know that that was a major portion of the 60s, and it is therefore a major portion of the people who lived through it. Yeah, they lived through that. They had transformation. But then the people who were born during that time, we all have some complete, like, you know, ticking experience like, I don't want to say time bomb because it's not going to go off. It's just, it's, we're walking around with that. That's a huge experience. Okay. So when we start to explore 
the astrology of the time, I am looking at the collective experience based on what the outer planets are doing and how they are acting in the sky. Now, Pluto is still, 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 still in Capricorn and going to be there for another few years. Um, Neptune is in its own sign of Pisces. And I think a lot of the, and I've mentioned this before, like Neptune is aspecting the nodes. So a lot of the confusion, the conspiracy theories, the stuff like this, this is really a very Neptunian thing. But the pandemic is Neptunian as well because it's something that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't taste, um, we can't feel with our hands unless you're sick. Um, but you can't walk outside and go, ooh, there's the pandemic. It's not like as concrete as Saturn. You know, Saturn's going to be something, oh, look, they built this huge condo across the street. That's a structure. That's Saturn. Neptune is this, like, big, you know, it really is a soup. <laughs> and, and it really is a representative of the collective unconscious. And then we get to things like Uranus, which are, like, the revolution, the, the revolutionary, the, the, the sign that rules Aquarius. Now, the interesting thing is that revolution is really in the air with all these planets in Aquarius, and they are one at a time making a challenging relationship to Uranus. And Uranus is in Taurus, which is a very conservative, earthbound sign that does not like change. But inevitably, this goes off like we've had experiences this year. Things trigger Uranus and the time bomb goes off. Uranus is explosives, unexpected events, chaos. It's also genius. It's also brilliance, but it's inventions. It's, but it's still revolutionary. If somebody invents something and it changes the world, somebody invented the internet, you know, that changed the world. Somebody invented air conditioning. That changed the world. Somebody invented sinks and toilets. Those really changed the world. <laughs> Running water changed the world. Um, I was just thinking, you know, somebody needs to invent a self-cleaning house. Forget a self-cleaning oven. We need a self-cleaning house. <laughs> I think that would be a brilliant Uranus invention, especially with each planet in Aquarius hitting Uranus by square, by challenge. I think that would be fabulous. <laughs> you know, Taurus is like, they love their homes, you know, they're cozy in their home. But if you have Uranus and Taurus, I think a self-cleaning home would be a brilliant invention. <laughs> Or, or like somehow you can make your old home self-cleaning, but, you know, by some device in your house. I mean, they can put lights on. You can just come in, clap your hands, put a light on. You can say, Siri, put on the lights. Um, can you say, Siri, clean the house or Roomba, clean the house or something like that? Alexa, tell Roomba to clean the house. It's already starting to happen. I think a self-cleaning house is inevitable. Anyway, that's my Aquarian brain with, you know, uh, just about five planets in Aquarius now. <laughs> So there you have it. You have the conscious mind, which stores the ego you and the self. You have the subconscious, which is your body's, you know, operating system. And then there's, you know, the unconscious, which is kind of like where things are getting stored, traumas and, and injuries and things, emotional traumas and stuff that we don't have access to, this river of experience that my teacher used to call it this like this river that's flowing through us things that are unconscious don't necessarily make sense you know you don't know why you react a certain way to certain things that's unconscious okay um and then there's the collective unconscious which is the big world 
you know, thing that is this collective soup of energies that are belonging to all of us that we all participate in and affects our lives. Now, if we all got together and said, I want peace in the world, if everybody could agree on that, well then, um, you know, we could maybe change the collective unconscious, but people who think that they can change the world and bring peace and don't really do anything, we were talking about this in a webinar today, um, that is something completely, you know, it's just not realistic. And, and the collective unconscious, if we all, if we all participated, or if we all participate, which we do on a certain level, it would be profound if we could all agree on one thing, such as world peace, we could probably actually achieve it if we agreed on it. But that's not likely. Anyway, everybody has their reasons. People can't even agree on the pandemic. You know, people think it doesn't exist. People think it's nonsense. People think, I've heard, you know, my doctor say, a member of his wife's family said, you know, he it was an older man. He had it. He had the virus. And he said, well, I was in the hospital. They had the cure. They just didn't want to give it to me. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm sure they took care of it as best they could. Um, and that is, you know, there again, people can't agree on things. So I don't know how we'd ever get the collective unconscious to agree on everything unless our conscious minds, you know, our conscious minds are doing one thing and our unconscious minds, personal unconscious minds and collective unconscious minds are doing something else. And that is why we study astrology. And because we, and like I said, Jung liked astrology very much. And I think that it's important to connect with one's, you know, personal unconscious through meditation, through things such as astrology and through things such as, um, you know, studying other methods of getting into the brain and the psyche. Now, this week, the big news is that we're going to have five planets in Aquarius. And, you know, the best way through this is expect the unexpected. Use your brain, try, use your brain and your mind, try to develop them in ways that could be beneficial to your life. And this is the most important thing that we can do with all this Aquarius energy. Um, invent something. Uh, be innovative, be innovative in your life, change things in your life. Something is probably up for change in your life. Go do it. You know, find it, go do it. Sit with yourself, figure out what it is. Go within, go within your mind because that's what we do under Mercury retrograde. Review, revisit, uh, reconnect, um, re-understand, re-establish everything. All the re's are the Mercury retrograde. So, one of the things that's going to happen is, um, you know, we're going to move into this very serious time of Aquarius, and the 11th brings a Jupiter-Venus conjunction. That's not till the 11th, but we are, we're sort of gearing up for that, which is a very, very positive aspect. Um, so there are some very positive things in this. Now, um, <laughs> One of the things that we are looking at is we're looking at the moon and tomorrow it will be void uh, just for a little while because it's going to be void in Virgo from, stick, uh, from you know, the wee hours um, in, in the morning like 
And then eventually, well, the wee hours of Pacific time, it's 6.10 a.m. So it's not really wee hours for some people, till 6.25 a.m. So it's not very long. And then it goes into Libra. And the moon goes into Libra, stays there for a couple days, goes void Tuesday night, 10.15 p.m. Eastern time. And then eventually goes into Scorpio. But when we get up, like, and we're going out the next morning at 9.15 a.m. And then... It stays in Scorpio, and it eventually goes void in Scorpio, but not till Friday. So it goes in on Wednesday, it stays there, and goes void on Friday and at 4.20 a.m., and then goes into Sag at 12.16 p.m. East, these are all Eastern time. So your whole morning Eastern time, folks, is void. So do things in the afternoon. Okay, for mountain time people, it's only going to be 10, 15 a.m. or so, 10, 16 a.m. that it, it stays void. Um, Pacific time, 9, 16 a.m. Um, and then when we get to Saturday, the 6th of February, it will void in Sag at night, 10, 16 p.m. Eastern time. And goes into Capricorn not until... <laughs> the afternoon so we got a void in sag sunday till 3 52 p.m eastern time so that means next sunday we are void go out to breakfast to brunch have a long brunch enjoy yourself if you can get your laundry done sleep watch a movie take a nap um you know next sunday until four in the afternoon. So don't even think about it. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're going to clean your house, if you don't have a self-cleaning house, um, you should do something like, you know, you know, do something average, you know, balance your checkbook. So it's void most of Sunday. So then, um, we're going to move into getting closer to the new moon. And I think this is a particularly exciting new moon. So it, we'll talk about that more next week because it's not going to happen for a while. But when we start to uh, get into this, I would really suggest as we get it closer to this new moon that you define a vision for yourself and that you want to see happen in your life and really connect with something you want to manifest because you know Aquarius is an, a more of a ethereal energy. However, it is a collective sign. Aquarius and Pisces really do relate to the collective, okay? So they are they are tapping into that collective unconscious. And this is like, this is important, you know, because, you know, it, if you see somebody with a lot of Aquarius or a lot of 11th house in their chart, these are people who are going to want to do something in the world, because they are feeling that collective vibe, okay? They have to do something that contributes to the world at a greater level. And that's the one thing that's good about the collective unconscious. You know, we can contribute, you know, other things such as peace and, and you know, we are connected by love. You know, we are really connected by love and we have to not forget that. And we have to have, be grateful for, for the love we have in our lives. So... You know, so we, we've got to uh, work with that and, you know, connect to that as much as possible. And that's a good part of the collective, connecting to love. Um, 
and that's about it. It's, it's all about Aquarius. It is all about Aquarius. Forget anything else. Just, you know, embrace Aquarius. If you don't know your astrological chart, come have a session with me or your favorite astrologer. To have a session with me, you go to thegoldenastrologer.com, you click on book online, and you can set up a session with me, and we can discuss your role in your life, your, your purposes, where all this Aquarius is falling in your chart and how it's affecting you, what house it's in, what planets it's talking to in your chart. And this is something important for you to, everybody to know right now, because this is going to go on. We're going to go have this going on through March and it's, and then everything's going to go into Pisces. So like there's going to be four planets in Pisces at certain points. And that is a whole other collective unconscious energy, which is different from Aquarius. Um, so, you know, after Aquarius comes Pisces and you, if you don't know, want to know about Aquarius, you might want to know about Pisces, especially if you are a Pisces. Um, but it's important to pay attention and to the world events at this time, you know, without getting too emotionally involved in them, pay attention and see what changes are brought forth by this new collective energy, okay? And by, uh, you know, things like Jupiter and Saturn sitting in the sign of Aquarius and then all these other planets coming in. Aquarius, like I said, is a collective sign. That means we're going to see some action. Um, and let's move forward in a positive manner and embrace change in an innovative manner and really sort of embrace our own work and how we can make a difference. Okay? That's a good collective thing. Thank you for listening. I'm Deb McBride, and I can be reached at uh, info at thegoldenastrologer.com or I can be reached through Instagram, The Golden Astrologer, or you can uh, listen to my podcast, find me on Twitter at Dev Astrology, and I make little videos for Instagram so you can see them, and we have this podcast, and I welcome all you know people coming to see me for a session. So watch the videos, learn something about astrology. I welcome students and people who are interested. But thank you very much for listening. Gratitude to all of you. Have a beautiful Aquarian week.